Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Politicians and video games. They get along about as well as dogs and cats. They go together like toenail clippings and peanut butter. Welcome into Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up today... On Checkpoint XP, new characters have been revealed for Smash Ultimate, plus Weird Beard's going to run us through a game called AKA, also known as, and we got to talk about the recent criticism being leveled at Overwatch from their former casting staff. Overwatch is pushing back. You're going to want to stick around for that. That's all coming up today here on Checkpoint XP. But we start today... With Uncle Joe Biden. Oh, no. Can we not? He's in the headlines once again for taking some swipes at video games. This should actually be no surprise. He takes swipes at video games all the time. But Weird Beard, what exactly pissed off so many gamers this time with Joe Biden? Uh, Well, our token senior citizen currently running for president of the United States. Uh, He came out uh, and actually called a gaming executive a creep. He implied that uh, video games also teach young kids how to kill, and this all comes after he, uh, back in 2013, advocated for attacks on video games deemed violent. And th- these are all talking points that basically come out of the the Senate hearings that formed the ESRB in the early 90s. We've heard these talking points from our politicians so many times in the past, and I think that's really kind of what gets my goat here, is that this is so out of touch with the way that things act actually are with what matters to young people in this country and if you don't have the presence of mind to at least understand what kind of cultural force video games represent then should you even be holding public office i I mean here's the thing it's also double tone deaf considering that video games makes more money than both music and movies combined absolutely literally the largest entertainment industry that there is in the world there is is no one bigger. So I, I think this is said not only just with the, the uh, personal attacks and of course because we do a show about video games and love video games also take it very personally and close to heart but at the same time it just doesn't even make economical logical sense to even make that kind of statement. No and who is Joe Biden calling anybody a creep? Like honestly <laughs> that's the last thing that should be leaving the lips of Joe Biden these days. To be fair maybe it takes one to no one and as much as we may want to try and criticize more of these comments we have in the last year or so realized there are some creeps up in the executive sort of branches of certain gaming companies. You're so... not listen you're not wrong you're not wrong who do you think he's talking about there? Oh, I bet you oh works for EA. I I will step in here and tell you that uh, a reputable journalistic site has some theories. Their leading one is EA's then CEO, John Riccatelio. Okay. That seems like a like a, a fair guess to put out there. Yeah, and I mean uh, the the other thing, like, because this was a whole in depth expose, right, about how Joe Biden has come out and, and kind of put his foot in his mouth. Another big quote that's been going around uh, from the same conversation is he said after talking about going out to Silicon Valley and taxing them, 
He said, as I added up the seven outfits, everyone's there, meaning, uh, you know, gaming companies, but Microsoft. I said, you have fewer people on your payroll than all the losses that General Motors just faced in the last quarter of employees. So don't lecture me about how you've created all this employment. The point is there's an arrogance about it, an overwhelming arrogance that we, we are the ones. We can do what we want to do. I disagree. He essentially said that anybody... Who creates video games cannot create art that you can't be so, artists. So here, here's here's the two and you know three fundamental issues with that statement. Number one, okay, one person working on a video game probably has more output directly correlated to the revenue that they bring into the company than somebody who works for General Motors. So General Motors can cut 30,000 people and their bottom line is probably less affected than a video game cutting 30. That's just the nature of the work. Now, so it's not a it's that's apples to oranges. That doesn't really it's apply. A, it's a false equivalence. It's a false equivalence. Second of all, anybody who is still trotting out this video games are not art thing has missed the boat on this completely. This is over. This is done. This is not an argument anymore. Video games are art just as much as music and films are. I just Period. don't I, I don't understand a, a a politician who's running for the highest office in this country where he gets the nerve to insult any industry that's bringing in a profit, whether it's the auto industry, whether it's the video game industry, whether it's the movie industry, whatever it is, where do you get the nerve to come out and say, oh, well, this is less valid than that because you of already, X. You already know because it ain't building. It ain't putting on, you know what I'm saying, your, your Levi dungarines and walking <laughs> outside and, and, and busting up the shiffer robe. That's what it is. And, I, and I'm not trying to, to denigrate or talk down on anybody who does blue-collar work. We record this show in Detroit. is one of the capitals of all blue-collar work in the world. Okay? Absolutely. The, the, we are all coming from families that have have a lot of blue collar backgrounds but the thing is is that people have this notion that if you're making video games you're some weirdo neckbeard who sits in his basement and programs all day and you're not somebody trying to make the best virtuous art that you can make and i just think flat out it's just disingenuous and whack and it's old let's keep it for real it's, it's old. old yes it is i agree with that 110 percent. all right we got to move on from uncle joe and check out check XP's close shave of the week. Stay close to the heat. Close shave. Turn on Checkpoint XP. C9 have finally broken the North American Counter-Strike Global Offensive curse and will be returning to IEM Katowice after recently qualifying for both that and DreamHack Leipzig. They've faced quite a bit of adversity in the past few years when it comes to their Counter-Strike team, and here we have to get a peek into just how fired up they were before they qualified. Take a listen to their comms during the qualifying game. Yeah, we're going to end the I pulled this off. They don't have an op. They don't have an op. That Xbox? Nice. Another lower? Nice. My teammate. Double stack, double stack. Another guy's A. Double stack. Backside. Oh my god. Check out the Checkpoint XP Close Shave of the Week over at our website, checkpointxp.com. Don't go, go. AFK on us. Follow, follow us online. 
at CheckpointXP.com. All right, whenever we talk about issues that are social or political in nature, we like uh, to, to play a little game called Checkpoint XP Goes to the Polls. Weird Beard, we're going to have you administer this. So the way that this works is that these are hypothetical ballot initiatives that are that would affect it directly impact the world of video games and us as the uh, the the quorum uh, will get a vote here on uh, uh, you know up or down whether these initiatives pass so weird beard take it away all right looking at the ballot ballot initiative number one it's called the RRA the rare reappropriations act. I want to know, would you vote for initiative for Nintendo to defund Smash, including all of its esports, to purchase Rare from Microsoft and reboot all of its properties with AAA quality? Right, wow. All, I don't know that they're funding Smash as is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, but, but, to, but, that, to that point, did you see that uh, the winner of Super Smash oh, Bros. Ultimate... We are going to be talking about it a little bit later on uh, the show. I promise you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Evo Japan just spitting yep. in the face of yep. Smash players. Uh, I, you know what? I think that I'd vote for this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yay. Uh, I would say yay because I want Sakurai to take a vacation. So say this is the last DLC after this new batch. It's over. It's done. Sakurai go right off into the sunset as the most <laughs> beloved dev of Nintendo. I vote yay. You know, I I think I also have to vote yay for the exact same reason that Robbie said. I'm pretty sure that uh, Nintendo isn't out there exactly funding the Smash scene. So uh, yeah, let's let's just go with having all of the rare properties rebooted. All right, initiative passed. Ballot initiative number two: Franchise Model Esports Act. The Overwatch League and LCS become mainstream hits and dominate American broadcast airwaves, but it kills the Battle Royale, FIFA, and NBA 2K scene. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, the NBA 2K scene is also technically franchise. Why would that one die out? Yeah, but it's dead. Of course, right, you know, I don't care. So. I don't watch it. Yeah, I'm going to go for this one, too. Um, <laughs> I, I think that this one, this one's actually a little bit tougher for me. I think Battle that the, Royale's dying. Yeah, on its Battle own, Royale doesn't need any help dying off. That's pretty okay. <laughs> but that includes Fortnite. I so understand you got a lot that. of sad kids. Listen, yeah, but no skin off of my off of my <laughs> nose. Okay, uh, FIFA and NBA. I don't think I could care any less. Yeah. I'm voting yay. Plus, in true like politician fashion, we don't we don't care about the younger generation. Exactly. We just care about what affects All us. Right, Screw facts. I'm gonna be the only one, the only holdout. I vote nay. I think FIFA and 2K actually have really healthy scenes that I would like to stick around. All right, we got time for one more. Uh, the Reverse Witcher Act Cyberpunk launches and is one of the greatest games of all time, but ongoing support and development costs virtually bankrupt CD Projekt Red, and they never make another game again. Ooh. I'm cool with this because I think that would immortalize CD Projekt Red in, in a way. You know what? They never go on to become a Square Enix or a Konami. I'm ah, for it. I'm oh. for it. Die the hero or live yeah. long enough to see yourself become the villain. Oh, that is almost a universal truth in game <laughs> development, too, because you you suddenly reach a point where just everything goes off of a 90-degree cliff. It's happened to Blizzard. It's happened to Bethesda. It's happened to so many different development companies. Uh, but you know what? I think I'd like to see what LCD Project Reg has to bring to the table. I'm voting nay on this. I, I'm going to vote nay because I... I want Cyberpunk 2. So there you go. I vote nay. All right. There you go. Weird Beard, thank you very much for administering that game for us. Uh, but we want to hear from you. How would you have voted on our three ballot initiatives? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, new characters have been revealed for Smash. It's going to be another couple of months before 
they're released. Uh, plus, Weird Beard's going to run us through a brand new game called AKA, also known as. Plus, we've got to talk about Overwatch League responding to some major criticism from the, ca- the the caster talent that they let go from their caster desk. Stick around those conversations ahead this hour here on Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. Bud Light just became the official beer for this esports scene. Esports news is next here on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com Esports is about to come back off its off-season. We've got the latest news right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1350 AM in Riverside, San Bernardino, as well as CBS Sports Radio 1450 in Reno, Nevada. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, a new character has been revealed for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and... I think people are kind of underwhelmed by it. Also, uh, Weirdbeard's got a new game for us to play. It's called AKA, also known as. Uh, plus, we've got to talk about the latest in the Overwatch League drama with their casting team. That's all still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But first. Legacy brands from traditional sports continue to invest in the esports space. Bud Light has become the official beer of the 2020 Spring Split for the LCS. In addition to now being served to of-age fans at LCS events, Bud Light will also broadcast the LCS on its official Twitch channel, host How I LCS Watch Parties, create a new Ace Moments segment for the broadcast, and be featured on Monday Night League's post-game show. And they're also collaborating on an after-hours post-show. I love all of this. I'm going to be honest. Phenomenal. Like, okay, I just want to point out here for just a second, like, a direct one-to-one correlation. This sponsorship happens. More content gets made for LCS fans. That's a direct one-to-one. And you've got to be able to appreciate stuff like that. Like that's where funding for this kind of stuff comes from. Here's one of the biggest points to that, though, is that in order to have alcohol advertisements, you have to prove that your demographic, I think, is like 40% above alcohol drinking age. Yeah. So what that says is that the LCS's viewership is the vast is vastly adults. They're grown. So this whole concept that esports is going to be this thing that kids do and people aren't going to take it with them as they age is null and void with stuff like this. Absolutely. And I think that, listen, we are just a hair's width away from having esports events that also have things like tailgating. Mm -hmm. And that kind of community stuff can't be understated, right? Like, that stuff is so important in building fandom. The culture. The culture Mm -hmm. around the teams. Like, I can't wait for this. This is awesome. It's rough going in the fighting game community when it comes to when cash prizes. When is it? When is it ain't rough going? And it's even worse if you're a Smash player. Jeez. According to the Evo Japan website, the winner of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will receive a Nintendo Switch Pro <laughs> Controller. Come on. Now to make matters Come even on, worse, Nintendo. Hold on, to make matters even worse, every other game featured at Evo Japan has money on the line. $9,000 prize pool for Street Fighter and Tekken. 
4500 for BB Tag Samurai Spirit Soul Calibur and a controller for Smash. This is insulting. Now, you want to know what's even more insulting? There are 3,000 entrants for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Here, it, so where the entry for Street Fighter? 1K for tech and less than 500 for the other games. No, so where did the entry money for that go from Ooh, the Smash that's tournament? That's a good that's question. That's the big question because you to pay the other games. Because no, that's not how it's supposed to work. <laughs> no, it, you're well, right. You, your entry fee for the game you're entering is supposed to go to the prize pool for which you're competing against. So either that's BS or something else is going on. The only way that this is acceptable it's is. Not. Is if Nintendo dipped it in pure gold and encrusted it with gems, sort of like that other scavenger on thing that they did no, this back is, in the this 80s. This is a Travis Sham mockery. Yeah, also. no, this it's is also horrible. Worth being noted that second place and below in the Smash gets nothing. Shocking. Yeah. So Twitch is doing something fun and interesting this year to coincide with the biggest football game of the year. The Twitch. I rivals, wonder which one you're talking about. Wink, wink. The Twitch Rivals Streamer Bowl will see several famous streamers team up with NFL stars to play Fortnite. There are 16 teams competing in the duo style format, and the winners get to choose a charity who will receive who will receive half a million dollars courtesy of Twitch. The streamers also selected their NFL counterparts via a draft. Interesting. That's really cool. And again, this is one of those really cool cultural touchstone moments where esports can begin to conflate itself with. Popular culture and, and traditional all that sports, and traditional yep, sports, and absolutely. all that stuff. So, I mean, the pairs here are really cool. You got Booga, the the uh, 2019 Fortnite World Cup champion. He's partnering with Juju Smith Schuster. Doctor Lupo is, is partnering with Keenan Allen, Tifu, and Kyler Murray. There's some big names here, so absolutely. it actually should be really fun to watch. Here's what I love about this: is that normally I think the automatic association would be, oh, they're going to do a Madden tournament, which uh, you know is a little bit on the nose. But I love that they're embracing esports enough to be like, yes, let's do Fortnite. Because, of course, it's the hottest thing going Man, on right listen, now. listen, little kids are not about to watch a Madden tournament. Exactly. Okay? See, you want to get those eyeballs, you gotta go with Fortnite. With the Overwatch League 2020 season starting up very soon, Blizzard has announced a new skin that will be released to coincide with the start of the season. It, play, it pays tribute to a bygone era ushered in by hero Brigitta. She made the popular <laughs> three-tank, three-support composition possible, commonly referred to as GOAT, and the new skin is exactly that. GOAT <laughs> Brigitta. Purple and silver, she has a goat horn-style crown, and her shield features the visage of the GOAT as well. This is a little bit inside baseball here, uh, Overwatch like, this is such an in-joke. I, I can appreciate it, but, like, honestly... The reason that I appreciate it so much is because for the longest time, when the 3-3 composition was dominant, even on the broadcast, they didn't refer to it as GOAT. And now they... Just, but that's three, what we three. called... That's what everybody yeah. called it. It would be like when the NFL was running the Wildcat offense, and all of a sudden, the NFL came out with special Wildcat coats that you could wear. <laughs> like, it's... I don't know. It's really cool. It's It's... Kind of goofy. It, this is this is like speaking Chinese to me right now. I'm not an Overwatch fan, and I have zero idea what any of this means. And they're they're able to sell stuff like for real about it. Well, yes. this, this is an in game skin, so only if you're playing are you going to be buying. If they this came anyway. out with a Brigitte Goats hoodie, I would wear it. Fair enough. Wow. Sneaky has been a staple of the LCS since he joined Cloud9 in 2015. This year, however, he'll be stepping away from the team to pursue independent streaming. After it became clear his spot was no longer guaranteed on the team, he searched for a new team for 2020 but didn't like the options available to him. He'll still remain on as a partial owner and advisor for the team. It, a part of me still feels like this really stinks. I mean, Sneaky is 
a person who's put a, a lot of his energy, his heart and soul into C9. C9 is still the most successful North American team at Worlds ever. And Sneaky was a big part of that team. And less than two years later, he's not on the team, completely gone and now in the advisory role. It just feels like that whole team was just forced out and it's not great. The casting desk for Overwatch League this season is going to look very different, but there will be one familiar face. Following the footsteps of Golden Boy and Chris Puckett, Zoe Gishwin will be taking over hosting duties. She made the announcement on Twitter via song. Yeah, she was playing like a ukulele. She sure was. was yeah. pretty, pretty adorable. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, who else would it be? Like she's the only there's one. no one left. There's and no one left who's been new. there yeah. for longer than uh, I think I don't know thirty days. <laughs> yep, uh, that's all for the Checkpoint XP esports update. For more, head on over to our website checkpointxp.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. There have been some rumors swirling around the uh, Overwatch scene that a very big update is coming, and if some of the whispers are to be believed, it could come with a huge shakeup. Robbie, you want to shed some light on this? Yeah. So uh, at first, it was just uh, there's popular streamer in the Overwatch scene, uh, Emong, who had teased that uh, a big update was maybe coming, but he couldn't tell anyone about it, and he... But maybe it wasn't. Wink, wink, wink. Just making a really big show of it. And uh, just recently, Jeff Kaplan actually confirmed that a developer update has been recorded and would be coming out in the next few weeks. And the big stir around, like, the Twitterverse mm-hmm. and all this and whatnot is that some form of a ban system whether that's hero bands or map bands. So uh. so to those out there who don't understand a band system in esports, essentially when you have a game that has a lot of characters, you usually have the ability to say every map or every match you other team can't use that character and they can say the same for your team it's a way to sort of add to the strategy and take away uh, a a character a strong character from that team yeah a a lot of times there's like direct counters for certain characters Mm -hmm. and their abilities that they bring to the table and that's when a a band system gets really interesting especially in a game like League of Legends where they have picks and bands or Dota 2 where there's like 70 different champions that you can pick there's 120 plus in League of Legends. All right, fair enough. <laughs> but you get my point, though. That's yeah. a very, very deep character pool. That's like you know having picks and bands in Pokemon. Like, it, it, yeah, you could it, you could make sense of that, well, right? It, because it gets so difficult to balance a game when you get to that level. The way that all these heroes interact, the picks and band system allows you a chance to sort of like, all right, this character is really overpowered. Right. But the developers don't have time to deal with it just yet or know how to. It's so an, you can ban it out. Right. It's an added layer of strategy Correct. that you can deploy. And right? on top of that, if our opposing team is really strong at one character, we could take that character away from them and force them to change their strategy. Okay, so there, but the, the hero pool in Overwatch is not nearly as deep it as is 70. far, far too small. Uh, and, and how many how many champions or how many 31. heroes are there? 31. 30, 31. Only 31. So with that said, uh, you have like six healers or six support characters. If you ban out one you you only have you know five other characters to choose from and you have to pick two of them so they have very defined and clear roles and if you take one off the board 
that could be a massive, massive detriment to you and your team. It could be way more destructive to the OWL than what I think their intentions might be. I think the idea here is that if you put a band system in, it helps keep the meta uh, uh, a bit more lively so that you don't have the same compositions being played all the time. But the issue you're going to run into is that there are still players that only have one or two strengths when it comes to playing the game. You have specialists who rely on a single hero, and now knowing you could go into a game and ban out that one hero and make an entire player useless... It's not going to look good. All right. Well, there you go. Listen, we want to hear from you. What do you think of a band system being put into Overwatch? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, uh, the Overwatch League. We're going to come back to the Overwatch League here in just a second, responding to a lot of the criticisms from some of their departing casting talent. But ahead next, a new character has been revealed for Smash Brothers Ultimate, and a lot of fans are not very pleased. Find out why ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest downloadable fighters have been announced for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And unless you're a Fire Emblem fan, you have no reason to be excited. <laughs> Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1360 WSAI in Cincinnati, Ohio, as well as Talk Radio 1360 KKBJ in Bemidji, Minnesota. Make sure you visit our website, CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or just some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. The latest Nintendo Direct had a lengthy explanation of the new characters that are going to be introduced with the latest round of DLC. And listen, if you're a Fire Emblem fan, I guess you're really stoked about this, but uh, no one else on the internet seems to be. Here's the thing. I'm I'm actually a a, a fan of this Fire Emblem in, in particular, Three Houses. That's the only one that I played. Really fun game. Really great. I don't think Smash needed another Fire Emblem character. I mean, first of all, just so everybody knows, this brings the the total number of Fire Emblem characters up to uh, eight. Eight. That means they are the second highest representative in Smash tied with Pokemon. Why? See, I, I don't think they should be. And one underneath Mario with okay. nine. That's so they have criminal. One less than Mario, the, the titular character yeah, of th- Nintendo. That that does seem very ridiculous. Like it seems it really seems like overkill. I don't think that Fire Emblem is that popular and of a game. And they all use swords. Come on. Well, here's the, here's the They're problem. They're all very similar to one another. Here's yes. the problem. I had the same argument with every Fire Emblem character up till now. This is the only Fire Emblem fighter that I thought made sense based on how successful Three Houses was, which I think was even more successful than the people who made Three Houses like Thought it thought would, it would be. be. I, and so, I get it. You know, so I understand capitalizing on the popularity of the game uh, currently. But with that said, Robbie, you're right. 
They all use swords. They all are super, super similar with just varying degrees of strength and it's, speed. It's anime person plus sword. <laughs> yes. That's it. That's it. That, so you get a new anime person with a sword. And uh, unfortunately, if you're like me and you've never touched a Fire Emblem game, these characters mean absolutely nothing even, to you. Even the magic users have swords. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. And, and the part that makes me mad is... Of course, there was opportunity to go so many different directions with this, right? Because I don't need it to be just another fighting game character person. There were rumors that it could be Dante from Devil May Cry, oh, which I think cool would have fit perfect. And it would have been awesome to see Dante and Bayonetta fight each other in Smash, which would have just been like a collective. Like, I would just passed out uh, as soon as they <laughs> announced it. But it just feels like that was a big missed opportunity. And then Fire Emblem comes out and it's like, oh, okay, all, you know, seven people who are diehard Fire Emblem people are lit about this. Look, you want to add a character with a sword, another character (laughs) with a sword, by the way? Uh, Why not Geralt? I mean, he just had a super successful, uh, you know, Netflix series that Mm -hmm. came out. Witcher 3 is available on the Switch. What's wrong with Geralt? They did also announce that they are going to be releasing six new fighters through the 2020 year. So there's still an opportunity. There's still an opportunity for Waluigi to make it in there. Uh, But Cuphead is going to be coming to Smash in the form of a Me Fighter skin, which I think that actually got a little bit more praise than the Fire Emblem edition, which is a little bit weird. But you know what? Throw them out there with Sans and all of the rest of the Me Fighter skins. I I love them. They're they're fantastic. So I think that this is going to be a welcome addition. Right yeah, there. and I really like the fact that they do the me fighters for characters that they're probably not going to have the time to flesh out an entire right. move set for. Yeah. So it's like, no, make it a me fighter. There you go. You could play as Cubhead. I think it's cool. All right. We got to switch our gears over to Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. You nailed it. On Checkpoint XP Radio. This week, we get our Nailed It from PAX South Houston Outlaws Pro-Am. But it's not for any of the pros that were in attendance. When Dante was facing off against Muma on Lijiang Tower Control, one of the players on Dante's team, Outlaws 5, dominated on Soldier 76. Didn't die a single time and saved the point from being captured just in the nick of time, winning the round. Spin to win, now activated, trying to get respawns back onto the point. The kills are finally coming through for Muma's team. He may not be there, but he's hopping on the back of his team as they carry him. But Outlaws 5 Outlaws with the... Outlaws 5? What? 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 Nobody tell Outlaws 5 oh. you can't one-trick in Mystery Heroes. Wow. Now, to be fair, he was about to go down, but that Mercy that he just let die right behind him kept him alive. MVP on that match definitely goes to Outlaws 5 and the Soldier. That was incredible. This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com. All right, Weird Beard's brought in a game for us to play, and it's called, uh, is AKA, that's what it's called? Also known as. All right, there we go. And what I'm going to be doing is I'll give you guys a category. You're going to buzz in by saying your name, and uh, I'm going to be describing something, and you have to tell me what it is. For example, if I said a dog breed known as a prize fighter, what would you say? Boxer. There you go. That's the game. All right. To start it off. Easy category, classic video games. Are you ready? Yes, we are ready. Here we go. Critter with 100 feet. Oh, God. Oh, Robbie. Robbie. 
Centipede. Correct. Ah, Galax- Galaxy Attackers. Norris. Norris. Space Invaders. Correct. Suitcase Filling Guy. Wait, Norris. What? Leisure Suit Larry. No. Oh. Wolf. Uh, suit- suitcase. What? I don't know, man. We're going to pass. Pac-Man. Oh! oh! Eeyore Gorilla. Uh, oh, uh, Norris. Uh, ah, Donkey Kong. Correct. Dang it. <laughs> Ping Companion. Norris. Oh, Pong. Norris. Correct. <laughs> rocks in a belt. Uh, rocks in a belt. Uh, <laughs> rocks in a belt. Uh, super old. Yeah, I don't think I know it. Asteroids. Oh, oh. And your last one, Terrific Lemieux Siblings. Oh, uh, Norris. Norris. Super Mario Brothers. Correct. The winner of that category is Norris. Yeah. Of course, yes, Do it we want to do one more real quick? Yeah, I think we've got time for one more really quick one. All right. Superheroes, here we go. All right. Robbie, you should have this. Um, Arachnid guy. Robbie. Robbie. Spider-Man. Correct. Unbelievable behemoth. Oh, oh Norris. Norris. Incredible Hulk. Correct. Extreme risk taker. Norris. Robbie. Norris. Daredevil. Correct. Wrinkle remover dude. Norris. 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 Iron Man. Correct. <laughs> Norris is running this. Michigan player. <laughs> what? Norris. Norris. Wolverine. Yes. Oh, boo! Emerald Beacon. Norris. Oh, Green Lantern. <laughs> and the last, Louisville Slugger female. Norris. Yes. Batwoman. No. Oh! Ah, oh, Robbie. Robbie. Batgirl. Correct. Ah, oh, there it is. Still, I Norris takes it. I am the best. Two to nothing. Norris is just so quick at saying his own name. I know, <laughs> right? That's, <laughs> see, that's the thing that doesn't come to mind yes. is my own name. <laughs> Thank you. All right, listen, we want to hear from you. How many of those AF, or AKA, not AFK, <laughs> that's our podcast. How many of those AKA questions were you able to get? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag. Hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update that's ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, the Overwatch League has officially responded to some criticisms coming from their departing caster desk. We're going to break down all the drama ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about all the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break right now, but they'll be back later this month. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. The 2020 spring split for the LCS, meanwhile, is scheduled to kick off on January 25th. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. February 1st will mark the kickoff of the Rocket League Championship Series. Teams will be competing weekly until the regional championships at the end of March. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. Speaking of that, the same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Super Smash Bros. players from all over the country to Detroit, Michigan. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and Gaming Radio. CheckpointXP.com 
continuing drama and shifting responsibilities over at the Overwatch League. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. You've been asking for it, and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and low team damage. Plus, we've got some brand new Dungeons and Dragons inspired merch. You can check it all out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com slash shop. We are just weeks away from the launch of the third yeah. season of the Overwatch League, and yet still so much of it seems up in the air. Robbie, why don't you download all of our listeners on what exactly has been going on? Yeah, so I mean, there's been a lot of criticism and concern about this upcoming uh, season of the Overwatch League, because there's still a lot of questions that should have been answered by now that haven't. And this is a big season, too. This is the first time ever that esports has tried the home in a way model and speaking of that there's gonna be a lot of travel and, this and, year and, and that is one of the big things right now because even when you compare the travel that you know nba teams or mlb teams do right. you know they have to travel across the country they don't travel across the ocean they don't have to go to europe they don't have to go to asia usually to usually not thousands. there there's some nfl teams that do a london game sure uh but all the players hate it <laughs> um, no, it's not popular. It's, it's yeah. not. It's not a popular thing. Wasn't um, what, weren't there uh, uh, baseball scrimmages that happened in Japan for a long yeah, time? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Same sort of deal. Like th- no one liked doing. But it. the thing is, is that those are usually exhibition games, correct? But the NFL game in London and this entire season for Overwatch League counts for those the season. Are regular season games? They yes. count. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, the commissioner of the Overwatch League, uh, Pete, uh, Pete Vlastelica, who uh, was formerly of uh, Fox Sports uh, issued a few statements in regards to this. First of all, you know, we're looking at divisions this year, so everyone's not going to be playing everyone all the time. So sure. a lot of teams won't be traveling quite as much as the other ones. But one of the things that he pointed out was that care was taken with this schedule. So let's let's say, you know, New York doesn't have to fly constantly across seas every other week. They've put them in a way so that if New York's going to be across seas, they'll stay there for a few weeks, limiting how much time they're going to be actually in the air or on a plane. Which is essentially what like the San Francisco Shock will be doing after the first uh after the first homestand. They fly off to Asia and they just play all the teams in Asia before they come back. So does that just leave like two teams in Europe just playing each other again and again? No, and that's and that's part of the problem is that they there was a, a metric that came out, I believe that a fan did Breaking down by mileage and by like, you know, power, strength of schedule and all that, you know, uh, who has the worst time of it yeah. of next season. Mm-hmm. And it's London. It's It's got to be. It's London. It's got to be. The European region is woefully teams. underserved. You've got London and Paris. That's it. They can't just play each other over and over again. So I understand all of these concerns about travel. But there's been a lot more drama behind the scenes going on as well. We talked about this a little bit last week with a lot of the uh, the, the caster desk, mm-hmm. uh, the analyst desk. Most of that talent has been wiped away. That's right. And Vostelica said uh, that it was the property's decision to part ways with some of these broadcasters, which directly contradicts what many of them is saying. And uh, uh, an article at the Esports Observer specifically notes that Chris Puckett definitely left of his own accord. Overwatch uh, League actually reached out to correct that. Right. But according to Pete, as far as, you know, 
uh, uh, Doa or Semler, uh, Malik or uh, Monty is concerned that the league was choosing to move away from them. And he said with the what the departure signifies is that we're putting together the best possible pool of talent that we think fits what our audience is looking for and our vision for the product we're building. It, we're bringing in people who think or, or who we think know the game as well as anyone out there or better than anybody out there. And the thing is, is this does contradict a lot of what those casters have been saying in yes. social media in terms of why they were choosing to leave. Obviously, money is a part of the situation. Mm-hmm. There's contract negotiations and, and what have you. And the thing is, is this is par for the course for sports, you know, sports broadcast, sports media. Let alone a young you, league like yeah, the Overwatch where you Where you negotiate contracts. The problem is is that a lot is riding on Overwatch League for the whole of esports. So the microscope is under this, is over this league yeah. so heavily that every shift, every change, every little bit of, of, of imbalance, if you will, is going to be scrutinized and it's going to be looked at very, very closely. So you two are Overwatch experts. Uh, uh, Robbie, you just got back from a panel at PAX mm-hmm. South where you were interviewing the Houston Outlaws, asking them about Path to Pro. We'll hear a little bit uh, uh, more about that in the next hour. But I, I have to ask you kind of big picture. If this season gets botched, if it doesn't go well, if tickets aren't sold, Man. what ha- what is the impact? What is the footprint in all of esports as a result? You, you know, Pete actually said, too, that he doesn't believe that this year is make or break in the way that people are making it out to be. <laughs> and that it's just a small stepping stone to their ultimate vision. With the way that esports fans and gamers react, our dedication to what we love is so strong that yeah. once we lose us, it's difficult to get us back. So you're regardless right. of what he thinks, if this isn't a good season and people aren't willing to give you that second chance, you're not going to get one. Uh, yeah. Norris, what about you? What do you think? If this goes poorly, how does this impact the rest of esports? I think definitely you see Riot sort of Birdman hand rub and lick their teeth over this whole thing because that model is proven to be very effective. They're making a lot of money and they're seeing a lot of success and a lot of returns and they're expanding their esports coverage yeah. this year. I'll tell you this, you so. won't see any more franchise-based city teams. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that's the the biggest thing that concerns me is if this goes belly up. I, I see what you guys are saying. Like, it's it's a bad bellwether for regionalized teams that are attached to a city. But for two years, for two seasons, Overwatch was the second hottest thing in all of esports. So. Would they be able to go back? Can you put the genie back in the bottle once you've tried this? No, because these teams have already moved to those towns. They've already purchased, in some cases, entire buildings. Some of them are building out entire bespoke esports arenas like Philadelphia. They're building a whole esports arena specifically for the Philadelphia Fusion. So I think this is something that is... 100% 100% a make or break season regardless of what the commissioner says of course he has to be positive but I mean, it sounds like you're saying it has to work it has to it has to interesting uh, last little point here uh, there is you know most people uh, were aware of the exclusivity deal that Overwatch League had with Twitch mm-hmm. but most people I don't think were aware that that was a two year right. deal it's expired and uh, Pete told the Sports Business Journal that there is a deal that is close and it will be announced before the season starts, which is on February 8th, 
by the way, which seems like they're coming up really close You're to really it. You're really coming up against that deadline. Here's the thing. Man, I don't know. Okay, so if Overwatch League moves away from streaming to broadcast only. Oh, that's mistake. That I think I, that's I don't think mistake. it's ready for it. It's not, it's not ready. ready. I think that's you're right. Oh, no, I think you're right. I absolutely do think that you're right. I just I I wonder if that is the calculus because what else would be taking it this long to be able to work through the red tape? I mean, Facebook has recently started to Facebook Gaming has recently started to encroach on some of Twitch's numbers. Not not close, but as far as anyone else has, Facebook Gaming has encroached the most. And Mixers made a few big coups with the streamers Ninja that they picked up. YouTube is also out there as well. Could be one of the streaming services. Yeah, I think if it, I think it if it's anybody, it's probably YouTube. They're probably the only ones really that could throw a bag that big that's fair at overwatch league yeah. and really be cool with it um i don't see mixer making a play plot Over- twist it's twitter <laughs> <laughs> you know what for how much owl feeds the twitter verse i would not be surprised all right well listen we want to hear from you are you worried excited nervous what are you for the third season of the overwatch league connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram and when you do make sure use the hashtag XP on air coming up in the next hour of checkpoint XP we got to talk to Robbie about his pack south experience plus there's a whole bunch of esports apparel deals that are going down we're going to tell you all about them but ahead next we'll check in with Robbie over at the checkpoint XP news desk the last of us 2 the final fantasy 7 remake Marvel's Avengers and cyberpunk 2077 what do all of these games have in common gaming news is up next here on checkpoint XP Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, Robbie's back from PAX South, so we're going to talk to him about what he got to do out there, including casting an Overwatch match. Uh, it's pretty pretty cool, and uh, also the uh, panel with the Outlaws, plus Esports and streetwear. Nike is entering the space. There's a whole lot of movement in terms of sponsorship. We're going to talk all about it here on Checkpoint XP. But first, gaming news update. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. Following in the footsteps of The Last of Us 2, The Final Fantasy VII Remake, Cyberpunk 2077, and Marvel's Avengers, Teclan, the developers for Dying Light 2, have announced the game has been delayed. Mm. It was supposed to launch in spring 2020, and now we're not so sure. You know what? This one doesn't feel like the others. Like, one of these things is not like the other ones, <laughs> right? Like, this one doesn't hurt like the other ones have. No, it, it doesn't. It's still, though, you, you can't just bat your eye at the fact that five big releases within, like, a two-month span have all been pushed back so far. Oh, yeah. is this your first time, like, anticipating a video game launch? No. This happens all the time. No, it doesn't. Not in this, not, not this big of a glut. Yes, games have been delayed before, but this many so quickly? Nah. I'd agree with that. It, it hasn't been this many all at the same time, but also we're at the end of a console gen, and all of these companies are trying to get it right for that last hurrah this gen, so I get I, it. Th- I think some of them are holding for a first hurrah on a new gen. So I think that no one wants to be the next Fallout 76 or Anthem, in my opinion. 
We all know how boring and soul-crushing waiting in the airport can be. So one man out of Portland, while waiting for his flight, plugged his console <laughs> of into course, one of the information in displays and started gaming. I saw this. This is amazing. When asked to cease and unplug his console, he politely asked if he could at least finish his round, to which he was denied. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of course. If you haven't seen this, there's a guy, he has his console, he plugs it into, uh, you know, where you read off the departures and now, arrivals. Now, 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 granted, apparently the TV he was using, it would have just been a map. So the departure and arrivals were still up. It's yeah. not like he was denying anyone the information they needed to find their next flight. But I needed to see the weather map, Robbie. Yeah, and uh, all the high lines uh, called it uh, a hijack. He hijacked I, the that's, TV. That's a, that's a bad that's choice. That's a bad yeah. word yeah. at an airport. Crazy. That's yeah. not good. I just have a question. Why not travel with a Switch? Like, whatever he was playing on the Xbox or PS4 seems like it's a little bit more cumbersome to carry, you know, travel with. So, like, why not just have a Switch? I don't know. Maybe he was a tournament organizer and he was going somewhere and he just had a console. I don't know. <laughs> Speedrunning is a popular play style when it comes to gaming, the art of beating a game as quickly as possible. It's the entire premise behind Awesome Games Done Quick, a charity event that raises millions of dollars each year. A new record was recently shattered for Zelda The Ocarina of Time as Luzutz managed to find a way to warp right into the end credits. <laughs> His current record is 12 minutes and 59 seconds, shaving nearly Four minutes off of the previous That's one. not a speed run. You should at least be able to, like, I don't know, like, get to the overworld map or something. Well, I, like, I, I, just I mean, warp if, right to the credits. If it's 12 minutes worth, he at least probably did some stuff in, like, the opening He got to the Deku there, tree. But <laughs> it, it, it wasn't any percentage run, which means that, you know, these bugs and glitches and finding ways through and around stuff, it, it, it's, it, it's part of the rules. I actually watched this, and it's crazy because they, it's just like with uh, Super Mario, right? They, it feels like they hit a wall, and for years they can't go anywhere with it. They well, found every single thing to do. Because usually when you beat a speedrunning record, it's it's only by seconds. Yes, exactly. And this is like breaking it wide open again. In a recent investor call where CD Projekt Red answered questions about the game's delay, it was asked if they should expect the multiplayer to release in 2021. The answer was unlikely. Due to the new September release date and a series of events to follow <laughs> okay multiplayer likely won't come until after 2021 and, and it's it's interesting the way that they phrased it here how much continued to support do you guys think we should expect for cyberpunk it and- sounds like we should expect at least a year's worth of of continued support leading maybe to multiplayer now this actual this strategy has worked before sure has. red dead redemption 2 had an online mode that launched almost what six months to a year after the game came out same thing with grand theft auto mm-hmm. online and those are immensely popular so i I don't see this being a bad idea. Well, and, and if you think about the way that they handled The Witcher 3, the expansion pack that came out after it, that was actually larger than the original game one as well. Yeah, so if you do, you think about it, Cyberpunk comes out, you get maybe eight months of DLC. They say, hey, we're going to do multiplayer, wait, and it comes out towards the end of the year. I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I have no problem with this. As if the tech giant Tencent doesn't already own enough, it seems they have their eyes set on purchasing gaming company Funcom. They own and develop games such as Conan Exiles, Age of Conan, Anarchy Online, and The Secret World. The Chinese corporation already has a stake in companies like Riot Games, Epic, Ubisoft, and more, and they're looking to gain full ownership of So I have a Funcom. question. I have a question. Based off those titles, why does anybody want to buy Funcom? <laughs> <laughs> 
I played Anarchy Online to know that long enough to know that I shouldn't be playing Anarchy Online anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, this is not necessarily the most earth shattering of uh, industry movements, um, but I mean, you know, I think that it is important to note that Tencent is looking to increase their footprint in the space, and so you know. Just keep an eye on it. All right, get ready for this next one, guys. TikTok came onto the scene by finding a way to fill the void left by the popular app Vine. Now it seems as though they want to step into the gaming market as well. Okay. ByteDance, the company behind TikTok, says it will release two mobile games by the end of the year. The yet-to-be-named titles will drop during uh, spring this year and will be developed by a team of over a 1,000 developers. Here's what I'll say about this. It doesn't have to be popular over here. This will probably never be popular in the United States, but I guarantee you this will hit in China and they will make goo gobs of money. This is, by the way, just judging from the headline, this is way a way different story than I thought it was going to be. This is software developer continues to develop other pieces of software. (laughs) What I thought it was going to be was TikTok launching a platform for gamers to make TikTok videos, and I can't think of anything worse. Like, it, thank God we avoided that <laughs> debacle. Because I can only imagine the TikToks of, you know, people being mad at, you know, Call of Duty or, you know, punching their screen does, at the Fortnite on, black hole. He doesn't know what people do on TikTok. <laughs> I know exactly what he people do on TikTok. He doesn't know what people do on TikTok. I don't it know. took way too long. He doesn't know TikTok. I don't know what gamers would He's do on so TikTok. so old. That's it for the Checkpoint XP gaming update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. A brand new series has been announced and teased, and a brand new trailer has been dropped. Netflix is bringing Pokemon back to uh, form with a brand new CG movie. That's right. Now, it's not a series that we know of yet. Don't get yourself too excited now. Uh, What they've done is they've actually remade in CG uh, the original uh, Pokemon movie, the first one, Mewtwo Strikes Back. This one's called Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. It's just basically recreating the first one. Yeah. But uh, uh, with CG. And look, when me and you saw the teaser on Twitter, because all it was is it was a leaf, and you see Mew kind of like look through a little hole, and then that was it. Yeah. And it looked very much like it was ripped right out of Detective I was, Pikachu. I was really hoping that they were going to be expanding on Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. That's, me what I was, too. that's what I was genuinely hoping for. After watching the trailer, like, I don't think that this is going to be bad by any no, stretch of the imagination. It's, it's a fine. ginormous boo. I give this a boo. Boom! That's what I give it. You're you're, you're a big fan of Mewtwo. This is one of my favorite Pokemon. Easily. But there's so much, because of Detective Pikachu and what that movie did, there's so much there now that they can do. Just remaking the first movie, it just sounds... just creatively well, hold boring on, hold on. and inept. You, you don't think that this is maybe like some kind of test to make sure that... I that don't care if it's a test. Because they I, have, because first of the all... The test look, was called Detective Pikachu no, and it made difference. a gang of money. Here's the difference. The people who made Detective Pikachu are not doing this and are not coming to Netflix to make a series. Well, they right? should have. Okay. So, 
What uh. this is is Netflix or, or whoever it was that did it taking the assets or taking the tools and what they learned from the de- Detective Pikachu, applying them. This, and now, the, if this works out, mm, you no. don't think we could get these, something these better. Are, you, these on, are you, not. First of all, these are not the same assets from Detective Pikachu. They look fine, but they're clear. They're they do not have the same level of detail. They're not weirdly unnerving like the some of the models in Detective CG, Pikachu. Were. Not photorealistic. Correct. Then. So, That's are you telling me that Netflix doesn't have the money to go and get the people who made Detective Pikachu to do a one-off movie? No. Are you telling me that? I, I also I also don't know that the people who did the one-off movie are going to want to come and do a Netflix series that's going to be canceled in two years. Yeah. See, that's, I think, the bigger issue. Here's the other thing, and I, and I need to talk about this for a second, because they did try to pretty loyally recreate the anime and the characters from the anime, as this does follow the uh, the first anime right. movie. Those character models are unnerving. Oh, I don't when know When you try what to make it, anime it, like directly into CGI, no, it, it don't work. It doesn't work. work. There's something about like the eyes they're like dead eyes a creepy doll's <laughs> eyes you know what i mean like no i don't know what but it's the lion king effect it's the same thing because yes. with anime and direct drawn animation you can emote way better than you ever could with cgi which is not there yet like, we're not there yet it's it, i shouldn't be getting uncanny valley vibes from something that is not even trying to look human it's trying to look like anime super weird anyway listen we want to hear from you what did you think of the uh pokemon mewtwo evolution trailer connect with us on social media that's checkpoint xp on facebook and twitter and checkpoint underscore xp on instagram still ahead on checkpoint xp we've got to talk about some of the new partnerships coming to uh esports uh through apparel nike's entering the space plus we've got some streetwear on the way for uh, overwatch plus we're going to check in with our social media followers and find find out what game you can't live without those conversations still ahead here on checkpoint xp but at next robbie you're back from pack south so we're going to talk to you all about what you got to do all out at pack south stick around that's at next on checkpoint xp this is checkpoint xp esports and gaming radio checkpointxp.com This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Pack South was happening over the weekend, and uh, we had actually had two members of the cast out there on scene. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the Sports Hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind-the-scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code. So sign up today at CheckpointXP.com. Robbie was on scene out at PAX South. Joe is actually out there as well. Uh, but you know what? I have to compliment you, Robbie. You did a great job out oh, there hosting you. a panel with the Houston Outlaws as well as uh, actually casting. We're going to talk about all of that here in just a minute. But you actually also went to PAX East earlier last year. And I'm kind of curious, can you break down some of the differences between like your PAX East and your PAX South? Oh, well, sure. I mean, when, when, you're, when you're looking at just the conditions, 
conventions themselves. Uh, I do think that PAX South uh, is a bit smaller, but the biggest difference that I noticed, and I don't know if that's just because of uh, the venue being smaller or not, but the biggest difference is there was virtually no AAA presence there whatsoever. So it was all indies. Really? Was all indie stuff. The closest to AAA, and I, I use that term very lightly, all right? Uh, 3D Realms was there, the makers of Duke Nukem. And not that they're triple A. It's a known name. <laughs> if, if you rewound the clock maybe 15 years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You and that's no to disrespect to 3D Realms, no, obviously. No, of but course still. not. Yeah, but uh, a lot of indie presence there and twice as much tabletop stuff. There was so much tabletop stuff. There was so many uh, retailers there specifically. I dropped so much money. <laughs> I dropped so guys. I dropped. I bought my first set of gemstone dice for D and D. They're beautiful, but do not ask me how much they cost. If you want to check some of the pictures, they're actually up on our Twitter at Checkpoint XP because I was following you the entire time, and it seems like you were just spending some yeah. cash. Ooh, ooh. Great cosplay out there too, by the way. Amazing yeah. cosplay. It was a lot of fun. That's one of the things about the Paxes is that the cosplay is always on point. Yeah, and I, and I mean, as far as the experience went to, I definitely think that I preferred my time at PAX South, because even out at PAX East, we were actually there, uh, Norris, you were mm-hmm. with me as well, we were out there hanging out, I use that term also very lightly, <laughs> with the Boston Uprising, and they kind of just kind of, you know, gave us our own little corner off to the side of their booth where we were hidden behind the line. Well, I mean, y'all got the red carpet treatment out there. Oh, I was, yeah. Listen, no, no, no diss to how, you know, everything went down at PAX East, but, you know, we yeah, were you, on the show floor and we had our little corner. You got to go out to Pack South to, and be a rock star, yeah, man. You got it, to do panels and well, be cast. Yeah, your name was on the marquee, dude. That's what I'm saying. It was a lot better out there. You know, oh, specific, sure. specifically talking about the panel. I mean, we didn't just have a little corner somewhere. They took us into the Falcon Theater. Yes. This 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 place was massive. And it was, it was packed. Huge. It was packed. packed I, to if the you, rim. If you see some of the pictures or if you go look up the, the video, we've got the video on demand over at our website, checkpointxp.com. Full house, man. I, I have to compliment you. Uh, this was a panel all about. Path to the Pros, and you got to actually pick the brain of the Houston Outlaw talent to kind of share with the audience exactly how does one make it from amateur to pro. And and I, I got to hand it to you, man. It was a great panel. Well, I appreciate that. You know, th- th- there's been a lot, like, in the, just esports in general. I feel like there's a certain sort of, uh, uh, you know, way that people look at the pro scene because there's not a whole lot of money being made right now. People are constantly quitting to pursue other careers, uh, uh, quitting to go, you know, stream and stuff like that. It's potential money. E- exactly. Yeah. And, and what I've always, you know, really admired about a lot of the pros who are sticking with the scene right now is their commitment to being the best of the best. You know, it's one of the things that, that to me is one of the direct translations that you see in traditional esports. And Rock has actually commented uh, a bit on that and how he views it himself. I think I got like some sick satisfaction just like beating people. I don't know why. I think I, I grew up like super competitive with like my dad, and uh, I guess I like transitioned into like games and stuff. I just wanted to be like the best person that I could be, the, like the best player rather I could be, and then. Um, I think that, like, single-handedly motivated me to, like, want to be a pro because, like, I can't be the best unless I'm actually a pro. So I, like, pushed myself until I was a pro. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's one of the the only guy who has been on uh, Team USA in the Overwatch World Cup four years in a row, finally mm-hmm. took home the gold medal yeah. uh, this past uh, uh, year. So, you know, going forward, Rock is going to be one to, to keep an eye on. He's going to go down his history as one of the best. That's pretty amazing. Now, I got to ask you, what was the most surprising thing that you learned as a part of this panel? Oh. 
man. Most surprising thing. Uh, I mean, you know esports. You know a little bit about the path to the pro just kind of sitting on the outside. Well, you know, like when you ask the team, what was, I think, the biggest the biggest surprise that you got? You know, the majority of them, I think all but one of them, uh, actually dropped out of college. You know, we, we, we've had that talk before yeah. about college or the pros, mm-hmm. and all of them have dropped out of college except for Muma. He went straight into the pros from high school. Oh wow! Yeah. All right. Well, we gotta ch- we gotta uh, j- change our focus over to nailed it and failed it. You know the same. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it on Checkpoint XP Radio? A Twitch streamer by the name of Bad Bunny landed herself in some hot water all over social media after a rant of hers went viral. In the clip, she chastises her viewers for not supporting her through subs and donations. Take a listen. How did my whole speech about how I need subs to get the stream going if you like the content, blah, 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 how that results in zero subs? There are regulars here. Five dollars a month. How are you have hours of time to watch me and not five dollars? I don't know. What are you doing with your life where you have hours of time to watch Twitch and not five dollars to provide for the content that you're watching? There are so... Look, at I have a wall of non-subs. This is f- actually really heartbreaking because it's like people just really have no... They really don't respect me as a content creator. Oh, that's a I know where look. my $5 a month ain't going. Uh, in the end, it seems like her appeal to her fans caused more harm than good because she ended up losing a bunch of subscribers. Do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make a submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. <laughs> This is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. All right. Well, also out at PAX South, you got an opportunity to cast the Pro-Am, which is really cool. I I have to admit, you know, uh, I don't know Overwatch as well as uh, you, Norris, or clearly as you, Robbie. uh, But I thought you did a really good job kind of translating what was happening on screen. You know, I was able to follow the action a little bit easier hearing you cast than some of the actual Overwatch pros. Oh, wow. I appreciate that. You know, I I also, even though he's not here, uh, I do want to actually throw a a shout out to Joe, you know, who also joined us up on the uh, up on the stage. They can't say the same for his casting table. Just just, uh, he was a bit of a distraction. Just saying he didn't say anything that was factually incorrect. And I think that's what he was going for. And I think that kind of helped to make both me and Winston, who is the other caster, uh, uh, part of the Lone Star Vanguard. Big shout out to him. He provided the play by play. Uh, Definitely helped to to make that transition easier. Uh, oh, so that's why he was just saying painfully obvious things the whole time. <laughs> he was oh, the John Madden yes, of our cast. That's exactly no, what he No, oh, look, no, because John, no, John Madden has charisma and a telestrator. <laughs> look so. at Outlaws 2, rain and death from above. Yes, literally, they are firing from up above. Good job, Joe. No, it was, it was, it was not the best. We love Joe. We love him to death, but we need to keep him as far away from the cast of death <laughs> as possible. However, Robbie, uh, I do believe... I believe you did an excellent job at, at, at casting uh, at Pack South, but like, what was what was your takeaway? Like, how how enjoyable was it for you? Because I am literally terrified of casting anything in real time. Uh, dude, uh, going up there, I was definitely a bit nervous uh, when we found out that it was going to be mystery heroes. That took a bit of the edge off because oh, mystery heroes is yeah. dumpster fire no matter what. <laughs> exactly. So so it's not like you can be wrong about like the anal, you know, the 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 uh, 
the, uh, uh, the takes that you're yeah. getting because everything's just random anyways. And uh, uh, Winston, he was actually the one that was operating uh, uh, the cam, like the third person cam and stuff like that. But being able to have that third person view the entire time, I, I found myself not actually looking at like the first person perspectives that was actually going down and just paying attention to that in the kill feed the whole time. And honestly, once once we got into it, and you know, me and Winston, I feel like you know, uh, meshed really well together. It was really easy. And honestly, those it was like five, like four and a half hours or something like that. That there, yeah, it was a long it, time. It was a long time. Yeah. That went by real quick, like really quick. And uh, I don't know this. Uh, you know, if this whole checkpoint thing doesn't work out, guys. Uh, <laughs> <That's> the check, <laughs> Blizzard. So, what do you like doing? Do you like casting more or playing more? Uh, uh, well, I think that I'm a lot better at casting. I uh, haven't been doing too well on the ladders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Robbie, you're at least firmly gold. I That's fair. Say. That's fair. I am firmly gold. And well, uh, that would put you in running with the the rest of the Overwatch some casting. Of them actually, league. yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong. I think I think overall the big thing that really comes down to is if I would be doing the color commentary or the play by play. Winston, I think, was fantastic at play by play. I think that that's something that you would definitely have to practice a lot more at. I don't think you can just be dropped in mm. and easily do play-by-play. But color commentating next to a good play-by-play uh, caster, I think that maybe I got a shot. I think so. All right. Well, do you, is this something that you would try again for a different game? Oh, oh well, I don't know that there's any <laughs> other game that I'm fluent enough in uh, to be able to cast for. Ooh, oh, not come even, not on. Even close, man. Well, what, what do you think? Not I a competitive what? game. No, yeah. no, but I mean in the same way that you can kind of, you, you know, can cast the games d- done quick. You, you, oh, okay. Yeah, probably. Like, uh, yeah. Th- th- there, there are so many skills that carry over between this job and that job. You know how to tap dance. You know how to stretch content. Not like we're doing that right now or anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you clearly those are skills that you can apply here. And I heard them. That's the thing is that I heard them coming out of your mouth when I was sitting at home watching the, the Pack South see, Pro-Am. I want to see Robbie try to cast Marvel versus Capcom 2. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> I, I will say this because coming out of the cast, I wasn't fe- yeah you know we're, we're our own worst critics they say right so even sure. coming off of the cast I, I wasn't feeling too high about it because I you know who knows what people were saying I couldn't see the Twitch chat I knew that had to have been just terrible no T- no it was no. good no. no it was fine it was pretty good I, honestly was pretty honestly I, I didn't see anyone even bring up your casting which wow. is I think maybe the That's highest the best compliment, compliment that you can get from a Twitch chat you, you guys did a, a really you phenomenal a job. job you had energy the whole time and that's what's I important. wanted to be cynical but I can't listen we want to hear from you did you check out the the uh, PAX West Pro-Am. And if you didn't, we've got the video over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP Esports and Streetwear. A whole lot of uh, sponsorships have been coming out of the woodwork. We're going to talk all about it ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's pretty undeniable that uh, esports have reached all the way into the mainstream. Nike even getting in on the action. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on CBS Sports Radio 1300 in Baltimore, as well as WCBT 1230 in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. For all the latest in college esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Egg. Booyah, 
from the University of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. They bring you all the biggest stories in collegiate esports from the perspective of the students who live and breathe it. Make sure you check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, or look for Checkpoint XP on campus wherever you get your podcasts and Norris new shows returning this week, right? That's right. This is going to be the first week of semester number two, so That's make sure right. you guys are tuned in. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. It's going to have a whole new look and new whole feel. Whole new look, man. You got to check that out. And that's Care of Weird Beard. Excellent work on that Weird Beard. Check it out all over at CheckpointXP.com. Nike has announced a collaboration with uh, T1 in League of Legends, and this is a pretty big deal because previously Nike had really only done single sponsorships. In fact, they only had one esports pro that was officially sponsored that was Uzi. And that wasn't even an official sponsorship. He was tapped for an ad, a, a specific ad campaign gotcha. uh, that they had run. But if you're unfamiliar with T1, uh, T1 formerly known as SK Telecom T1. Correct. They are the winningest team in League of Legends uh, in the world. They so the most the dominant. The yes. Patriots. Yes. Yes. They're actually more like, you know, like the Boston Celtics. Like, ah. you know, legacy over time there you go. have won the most, but may not be the best team in the world right now. Fair enough. So uh, a big sponsorship announcement, a collaboration with Nike and Nike meaningfully stepping into into the esports space. That's a pretty big deal. And in, in, in the biggest way that we've seen thus far. Uh, so, so like you said, you know, they teamed up with uh, uh, SK Telecom T1 and uh, they announced that they have an exclusive apparel partnership with Nike. So they're going to, you know, provide everything for all the players, all the teams, anything that Nike can do, Nike's going to do for them. But I think where the big story is here, because I mean, that's necessarily not Nothing new within the space or in traditional mm-hmm. sports, but Nike's also going to be working with T1 to open a new training facility at the organization's headquarters in Seoul, South Korea. Oh my and god! Help them design the training programs that will enhance the athletic capability of T1's players and team. I can only imagine what this facility is going to look like. It's, it's going to be stated. It, right. Oh yeah, it's going to be next level. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're getting down to the science of it now and, at this point. And here's a here's a really cool thing. Jin uh, G Esports, another Korean uh, organization. Also, uh, owners of the Seoul Dynasty in the Overwatch League, they opened up a state-of-the-art facility also in Seoul for their tra- the training of their players yes. and, and all of their corporate offices and whatnot. And it is absolutely amazing. But Nike is Nike, okay? Absolutely. This is- Probably the most widely known and recognized brand in the world. Totally. And so they are taking all of their efforts and throwing it behind T1. And it's it's like the rich get richer, man. Well, like, is this- what's, what's so fascinating about this is this is more than just a brand opportunity yes. for Nike. They don't just want to slap Nike on the side of the building so people go, oh, yeah, T1 and Nike. Uh, Brant Hurst, the marketing director at Nike Korea, said that we're interested in understanding and learning more about the relationship between improved physical fitness and athleticism as it relates to gaming. These athletes have unique skill sets that we believe we can help them improve through tailored training methods. Uh, Now, I've got a question for you guys. If you're Nike and you're watching all of these different apparel companies enter into the esports space, is it the ridiculous line that, you know, Puma puts out that you go, oh, I've got to be able to beat that? Mm -hmm. Or 
Is it seeing the great stuff that Louis Vuitton is doing with League of Legends and going, oh man, I need to get in on I, I this? Think it's, I think it's more so what space has not been covered. And when you look at what That's they're fair. trying to actually accomplish here, no uh, you know, existing athletic brand went into the training space, went into the, the sabermetric space, went into the holistic esports experience. Yeah, you just get shoes that look like slip-on shoes. Yeah, so instead, they're going to say from the ground up, from the moment you enter our facility, you are going to be supported by the fullness of our organization, and I think that is revolutionary. Well, yeah, well, and, and, and more to that point, too, what they're doing here is investing in the future and the infrastructure of creating the next generation of champions. Absolutely. You're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. Uh, we're taking a look at uh, the brand new partnership that uh, Nike and T1 have announced, but another interesting partnership that was also announced was Overwatch League partnering with Jeff Staple. And I've got to say, like, I've taken a look at some of this apparel. They've got the compression sleeves. They've got the long sleeve jerseys, the short jerseys. I actually really like the design of all of this apparel from a fundamental level. Oh, yeah. And, and here's the thing. Jeff Staple is a guy who's been involved with the fashion world for the better part of a decade. He's worked with some of the big names, Nike, Louis Vuitton, all the people you can think of. And uh, his Staple brand is partnering with the Overwatch League. They made an announcement in a very strange way <laughs> by every Overwatch League team changing their, uh, their icons, Twitter icons to yeah. like little pigeons which is sort of one of the pseudo icons of, of Staple as a brand. And as you said, they have the long sleeve and short sleeve jerseys, but they also have jackets, hats, beanies, accessories. It's and this is it's not just jerseys. And yeah. this is this is actually I think in uh, like closer to streetwear. Yes, this is a complete different opposite direction from the Nike partnership. This is more about straight up looking cool. Yeah, and and what's what's interesting about that is that most of the esports apparel that you see is really trying to kind of mimic the same things that you see out of like soccer jerseys yes. or you know with the different uh uh sponsorship logos mm-hmm. on them. And I think, you know, those are while those are really cool and have done really well, I think that this is even cooler. Like this helps elevate esports to even another level, right? And they're and they're the price point is not quite as excessive as something like the Louis Vuitton line. So it's actually remarkably consumable. Well, and the reason this is so critical to the scene as well, not even just Overwatch League, but across esports, is there's so much that's going into marketing, so much that's being invested, so much that's being dedicated to advertising, but there isn't as much profit coming back to those investors mm-hmm. that's going into it. And one of the ways that they're going to get there is by doing stuff like this, giving gamers, giving fans more to buy, more to throw our money at, that isn't just a hundred and twenty dollars. Absolutely. And listen, let's be honest, man. Almost nothing is more powerful than wearing some dope merch and have somebody stop you totally. in the street and be like, yo, that's fly. Like that's that's the the, the reaction that people want to have when it comes to this. It's stuff. the ability to look professional, yes. right? Like esports is moving into being a professional, like regarded organization. You would if you if you saw the 49ers go to the Super Bowl in like just stuff they made themselves. But I actually but I actually reject that. I don't think it's about looking professional I think it's just looking cool it's just looking fly this is stuff that they said specifically is going to be made for esports don't dress like athletes because you're not football players how many rappers have put on a jersey in their video because they liked the logo not because they were a fan of the team all the time 
so many, and that's going to be the next step. Is as soon as we see an esports jersey in a oh, music video, video? Oh, oh, it's, it's done. It's, it's done. You've now put the, the the rocket boosters on. But listen, we want to hear from you. Make sure you connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Let us know what you think of uh, some of these partnerships. Coming up next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers to find out what game you absolutely can't live without. I am really interested to see some of these responses. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about all the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are on break right now, but they'll be back later this month. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. The 2020 spring split for the LCS, meanwhile, is scheduled to kick off on January 25th. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with Dream League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. February 1st will mark the kickoff of the Rocket League Championship Series. Teams will be competing weekly until the regional championships at the end of March. February will play host to DreamHack Anaheim, which will bring us back to the world of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That tournament will be running from February 21st through the 23rd. Speaking of that, the same weekend will also play host to Frostbite 2020, welcoming Super Smash Bros. players from all over the country to Detroit, Michigan. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media question. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville and ESPN Radio 99.3 FM in Fort Myers, Florida. Make sure you visit our website, CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram so that you can respond to our weekly social media question. This week, we were asking you what game you absolutely cannot live without. And actually, uh, Robbie, you were out at PAX South over the weekend and you actually got to ask some people out at PAX South. So we're going to be peppering in your responses that you gave him out at PAX South. So if you talk to Robbie, hopefully you hear yourself today on the segment. But we always start with us. So, Robbie, I'd like to start with you. What is a game that you can't live without? You know, I struggled with this one, actually. And it wasn't until, like, right now, being put on the spot, that that I surprised myself, even with my own answer. And this is based on just just the way that I've been interacting with it over the years. But I'm actually going to say World of Warcraft. Really? Uh, I started playing it again just recently, and it's the only MMO that I've gone back to. I can easily enough step away from it and not care until like the next expansion comes out, but it's a lot easier to step back into and, and still feel like I'm taking pride 
in my character and, and feeling like I'm invested in the world. You know, so, I don't I don't yeah. think that that would be un, an uncommon answer for mm-hmm. someone of our age to have an online game, uh, a character, it, yeah. a singular character that you've been working on over a long period of time. Like that was one of the original design models for yeah. online games like that. So you can have an, in, you know, a, a greater connection to the avatar that you have in this online world. I think that's a great response. I think I have a very similar response, but for slightly different reasons. I would say Final Fantasy XI. Even that, though the game's changed so much? It has changed a lot. You don't even play it anymore. By the way, you can read an article about how much it has changed over at a website. Our uh, good friend Joe wrote it. Uh, check it out, CheckpointXP.com. But the reason why is because it set me on my broadcast journey. That was the first game that I ever made a podcast for, and so it kind of proved to me that shows like Checkpoint XP are even possible. So I think that that is a, a really kind of important de- developmental milestone for myself. Uh, Norris, what about you? Uh, I actually have a, a concept of games that I call everyday games, and they change over the years, but I need at all times a game that I could pick up and play no matter how I feel every day. And currently right now is FIFA 20 and uh, Modern Warfare. Those are the two games that if you took those out of my libraries, I kind of wouldn't know what to do with myself right For now. me right now, it's uh, WWE 2K19, not 20. <laughs> Don't jump on me. And uh, Fallout 76. Go ahead. Jump all over me. No, I, at, I will definitely do at that. Nate Benderama. Come on. Bring it on. Uh, anyway, uh, Weird Beard, what about you? What is a game that you can't live without? Uh, it's some indie thing. No, it's not. He's going to say Spelunky. He's, no. <laughs> he's like Kentucky Road 75. I <laughs> love Spelunky. However, I will say it's probably Legend of Dragoon. That was the... Oh, uh, what a great game! One of my very first games that kind of showed narrative can beat a really jagged, pixely, like, terrible character design. How how often do you go back and replay it? Uh, I would want to say every year, but, like, consistently, like... At least every other year. Yeah, like, you get in there, and because sometimes new games, I just feel like they burn so quickly. You run through it in in a week, and you're like, wow, that was fun. That was like a Marvel movie. I enjoyed it. But this is a game that like you just come back to and you're like, wow, they had they were using sticks and stones to make this game essentially, <laughs> and, and it's still great. Is yes. the thing is, uh, you know, I played Legend of Dragoon before I ever played a Final Fantasy game, mm. and it was the thing that told me like, oh, maybe if I try something as big and intimidating as Final Fantasy VII, yes. I'll actually end up liking it. Great response. All right, you're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Mentioned at the top of the segment that we got some responses. While uh, Robbie was out at PAX South Why don't you hit me with one of those responses Hi my name is Tyler I, My gamer tag is uh, Hollywood TC3 And I cannot live without The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Okay Ooh, The Witcher 3 not a bad answer, not I like a bad that answer. answer It's a good answer because that's a game that you can spend a long time Playing and uh, you know The DLC just expands That world so much awesome answer Hit me with another one Hey, my name's uh, ChaosHand56, and the game that I can't live without is Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda. And the reason for that being because even though Majora's Mask is my favorite, Ocarina of Time paved the way for future games. Exactly. I love that response, and I love that rationale, too, because Ocarina of Time is probably my favorite game of all time. Easily in my top five. It it does. It sets up the the criteria for every Zelda game after it. All right. If you responded to us on social media, don't worry. We're going to read a few more, but hit me with one more from South. It's Smoke Diver on Mixer. I love playing Siege. Um, it's a love-hate relationship 
Um, it's very toxic, but I don't know. It's fun with friends. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just toxic, but fun with friends. <laughs> Just a teeny that bit. That sounds like alcohol. It, that oh. sounds like PUBG for me. Yeah, it sounds like life. Overwatch for me. Yeah, yeah. We all have that relationship. Mm-hmm. All right, let's switch gears and actually go over and get some responses from social media. All right. Uh, our producer, Chad, right here in the studio says Minecraft. Oh, okay. It's a great stress reliever until a creeper comes and destroys everything I've worked for. Yeah, yeah I think the sense of loss from something like that may be greater than the uh, sense of joy that I get out of building things. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Von Slamstone says, Darkest Dungeon. Pure turn-based strategy can be picked up and put down whenever I feel like you it. You know, that's one of the games, every time I see it, you know, like when it's on sale, I'm like, I should pick I this should up. I should pick it up. Oh, yeah. And you I never what? do. You might actually like it. And yeah. I really like doing it on stream because you can name all of your units and they all have very short lifespan. So it's a Phrasing. way. It's, <laughs> it's a way for your, uh, you know, your viewers to kind of interact and feel like they have a stake in the game as well. All right. Hit me with one more from social media. Uh, let's see. Brandon says, Skyrim, hands down. At times I don't play because I do have interest in playing games I haven't beaten, but I still always find myself watching other people play on Twitch and YouTube, if that counts. Yeah, absolutely. I think if it's a game that you come back to again and again and again, I mean, you know, for me, for a long time, you know, I would make an annual trek to play through all of the Metal Gear Solid games, but now that that series is kind of wrapped up, I'm not as motivated to do it anymore. All right, let's uh, go back to PAX South and get a couple more responses from there. My gamer tag is Nicholas55, and my favorite game is Overwatch because it's a game that you usually play as a team together, and you have to work together as a team. You can't just solo carry in it. Okay. Usually, usually <laughs> play as a team. That's an important caveat there. Uh, how many more do you have over there? Oh, we have a Quite few, a few more. Yeah, right, and you know what? Another one. This is actually one of my favorites here. So get ready for this one. Uh, Zacharias and um, Euro Truck Simulator Two. <laughs> <laughs> You know yeah. what? I'm telling you, the more I watch those trucking simulators, the more I get it. I'm never going to play those games, but I get it's relaxing. It's ASMR for video games. <laughs> I, I feel like if you want to get into it, too, because the people who are in it, they got the full the setup, full rig man. and everything. Like they are in See, the truck. Now, that's that's actually, I can understand that. That's kind of uh, uh, understand. If you're playing it with a regular controller, I, I don't think I understand that. All right, hit me with another one. Uh, this is Parliament of the Owls. The game I can't live without is Stardew Valley because I have to farm. I have to get those coins. Yeah, I get that. Stardew Valley is an, it's just like playing Animal Crossing. Once you do it, you lose twelve hours and you wake up in a you know a different time zone. All right, hit me with one final one from social media. All right, on social media, Andrew says Resident Evil Deadly Science, the best version of RE1 1996. It's the most playthrough game I own, and the cheesy dialogue always makes me laugh. Hey, that's an absolutely awesome response. Make sure that you follow us on uh, social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram, so that you can respond to next week and every week's social media question. All right, that's going to do it for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles and the Checkpoint XP podcast, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew, lead segment producing by Norris Howard, producing and booking help from Chad Callahan, alien wrangling by Weird Beard, and of course, my co-hosts, Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's A. Bender. Keep listening. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com.